Since the day she gave me that coveted final rose, my wife, Trista Sutter, has made me a better person. If she can get me to know better, to do better, and to just all around be better, then I'm sure she can do it for you too. You're listening to Better Etc. with my wife and your host, Trista Sutter. Hey everybody, this is Trista, and you're listening to episode 28 of the Better Etc. podcast. Today's episode is one that I thought would be fun after I heard from lots of people who really enjoyed my mother-daughter episode with Blakesley. I thought, why not switch it and make it a mother-daughter episode with my mom? Especially because the day that we taped it, it was Mother's Day. And I thought to myself, wouldn't it be cool to have a fun conversation with my mom where I ask her questions about the life lessons that she's learned from raising me because it's something that we don't talk about every day. Who does? You know, you just go on with your life. You go on with your everything that you need to accomplish in your day. And you don't really get to recalling memories unless you're going through an album or it's someone's birthday or some kind of celebration. So I hoped that I would connect with my mom and make another fun memory. And we laugh a lot. We have a really great time. But more than that, she really does share some great life lessons that I think that everyone can utilize in their life. We are just standard run-of-the-mill Midwestern girls at heart. And I think that that's kind of why people related to me when I was on television and still do on social media or wherever. So I hope that you enjoy her life lessons and we'll continue to listen. For Trista's takes, I saw a post that Ashley Rosenbaum, or Ashley A. Bear, who was from The Bachelorette, of course, hi, Ashley, if you're listening, that she posted on Instagram. And it was actually posted, she shared it from Maren Morris, who said in her caption, I have lost so much sleep, joy, songs, and days worrying about my success cap. I loved this so much, I'm putting it here. She put it on her Instagram, and now I'm sharing it with you because I thought it was chock full of wisdom that I think all of us can learn from, especially me. I think that this is something that really resonated with me, and I hope it will resonate with you too. How about you don't have to build an empire or dominate an industry or be the number one at anything? What if you simply built a lovely life that makes you feel happy, that brings you joy, that is generative and supportive? What if you healed the parts of you that need more and more and more? What if you redefined what success looks and feels like to you? What if you decided enough is enough? What if you felt satisfied in the right here, the right now? What if you realized your life is likely a lot closer to your ideal than you ever thought? What if changing the filter in which you view your life makes everything that much more vibrant? How much open, empty space would be left for your joy if you stopped thinking you needed to earn it? How much time could you spend in the actual living of your life if you let go of striving for more? How much more beautiful would this moment right here become for you? And that was written by Jamie Varon, or Varon. I'm not sure how you pronounce her name, but thank you, Jamie. Thank you, Marin Morris. Thank you, Ashley, for posting that so that I could see it and share it with all of you. All right. As per usual, or as usual, as my husband says, I would love it. Really, really be so grateful if you would share this episode with a friend. 
if you would subscribe and hit five-star rating, even comment so that I can hear which episodes you love and which have really resonated with you so I continue on with more. I hope all the moms out there had a great day. I hope that all the people out there who struggle with the relationship with their mothers, who have lost their mothers, who are in the midst of losing their mothers, who haven't been able to become a mother, and that's something that they hope and dream for. I hope that you were able to find some kind of joy in Sunday, or at least just take the day off and grieve and allow yourself to be sad and just veg. That's kind of what I did. I just vegged, even though it's a very joyful day for me, because of course I love my babies, even though they're not babies anymore. I slept in, really did nothing. Ryan made dinner and I got some great fun gifts, some very cute gifts. My daughter was showering me with lots of snuggles and affection and it was a, it was a good day. It was a good day. So anyway, I hope that for you too. Okay, moving on. Here is the episode with my mom. Here we go. I wouldn't be here without her. Literally. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Mama. My mom. Thank you. Roseanne. Thank you. Hi, Roseanne. <laughs> Hi, Trista. <laughs> oh, we're so formal. Oh, not really. Anyway, thanks for doing the podcast. I'm really excited. You know, we're recording on Mother's Day. I know this will air later. And I thought, huh, it would actually be really fun to podcast with my mom for Mother's Day. We can have a fun little conversation. Maybe I'll learn some things that I didn't know before. And you can share your wisdom with all of my listeners about your journey with motherhood and kind of the lessons that you've learned along the way. And maybe we'll get some behind the scenes into the reality of my life, like how the grace. That's hereditary. Yeah. There's mm. a lot of white-haired ladies yeah. in the family. <laughs> lots and lots of white hair. Actually, so we went over to Barb and Bob, my, you know, my in-laws for anyone listening. And we were walking up to their house and their house is up some stairs. They have stairs to go up to the front door. And she was looking out <laughs> over the front stairs and she's like, I thought there was a hole in your head. <laughs> white just my gray thank you mom (laughs) okay so part of why I also wanted to do this is you know you found a recording from an interview that grandpa had done and he was talking all about his life and you know growing up and in the depression and going to the war and what he flew as a pilot and all these things and I know we've known I've known bits and pieces of that but I never really sat down with him and had a conversation about, you know, growing up in the depression, how it was for him in the war, you know, raising four girls, all of these things. Like I, I really wish that I had started the podcast earlier and I would have loved to have him on and maybe grandma before, obviously she, you know, was diagnosed with dementia and Alzheimer's. So I'm excited to be able to talk to you about little things like that because I'll have it on tape now. Well, and that is one thing. The lessons we've learned over the years Mm -hmm. is that to get your family history 
early on. Mm -hmm. So if you're, you can get as much information as possible. While, Um, while people are still lucid. Yes. And that's one thing that we wish we had done. Yeah. Before they both passed away. So, because I mean, we still have an aunt, Mabel, who lives still in California. And she is, mom was 93 when she died. Mabel is 95 now. Wow. And still going just like she's 70. Yeah. Yeah. So, but she has information that she's given us that we didn't know. That's cool. Mom and dad. I just think there's something about hearing it, like hearing that recording of grandpa telling his story is so much more special to me because it's his voice, you know, right. I hear right. him. I can, I can see him. I can see his mannerisms. I can, right. you know, laugh with him when he laughs. And yeah, that's, I, you, I don't know if you know this, but I don't know how to transfer them, but we have a landline and on our landline, he left messages for Blakesley on her birthday and just called to say hi. Oh. Oh, yeah, I should play him for you. Sweet. Yeah. Well, because dad loved when we got together as family for the holidays and stuff. He actually started recording some of the dinners that we had. So, but I have no idea where that that recording is, et cetera. But before he passed away, maybe a couple months before. Mm He was at the hospital and it was a whole spirited conversation and I recorded it. Yeah. And he said, well, there's a a line of people here Mm -hmm. and we think he was standing at the pearly gates and waiting. They were angels and other people who... Because he was, then he started talking about doing laundry. My dad never did laundry a day in his (laughs) life. (laughs) So um, these recordings, and it's in his voice. Mm, I need that. I need that. I need that. Yeah. Yeah. So special. We're going to take a quick break so I can tell you all about our incredible sponsors. So back to you. So I would love to know, well, some funny things I'll be asking you, but also some special things. Like, do you remember a proudest moment of when you were a mom? My proudest moment. What one of them was you gave the eulogy Mm. for your cousin Chip when he died in a go-kart accident. And I should have also done it, but I just, I didn't have the courage to do what you did. And I remember a father that was handling the ceremony told you, okay, if you feel like you're going to break up, to breathe and Mm -hmm. to swallow. Mm -hmm. And you did such a beautiful job uh, with that eulogy. That was one of my I honestly don't remember it. I do remember standing up there and I remember writing it because I was, I wanted to make sure I got it right or at least, you know, honored him in the best way I could. 
And well, and I still have what you wrote out. Yeah, I, I feel like it's, well, maybe it's with you. I feel like I saved it, but, you know, and it, that's not something that you would record a, a eulogy. Um, it's just for people's memories, but right. thank you. I, You're welcome. I, uh, well, and then they, they go on and on. I could have each decade, I could give three or four things. That <laughs> I was very proud of you <laughs> What yeah. about an instance, and I'm sure there are plenty of them, when you wanted to sell me to the highest bidder? <laughs> <laughs> hmm, let's see. Hmm, which one? <laughs> Although I feel like I was a pretty good kid. Like I didn't get in a lot of trouble. I tried to be, you know, by the book, I'm still like such a rule follower, but there were definitely some times where I pushed the envelope just to see. (laughs) Well, one or two of them. (laughs) Uh, One of them was I had a brand new black uh, Toyota Celica. That was what I thought you were going to (laughs) say. No, you're kidding. Yes. And you I think it was a day old, wasn't it? Like you had yes. gotten it the day before, yes. right? Yeah. Yes. I had hardly driven it. Right. And you had your driver's license. No, it was I was I I had just turned 16. Literally, yes. I think the day before and you got maybe you got the car a couple weeks before that or something. And yes. I had literally it was the first day I was driving on my own. So anyway, yes. go ahead with the story. <laughs> A story. I was going to say no. Of course. It's like, no, you can't drive my new car. Right. But I I wanna I wanna drive it. Oh gosh. So you you did your eyelash thing, you know, Mom, please, Mom, please. Now I know where Blakesley gets it from. <laughs> yes. It's hereditary. Yeah. And I said, okay. So I didn't put any rules in with it. Oh, yeah. But uh, I did discover (laughs) by accident, the accident you had with my new car, that you had picked up a bunch of your friends to go driving around. Well, it was actually my boyfriend's friends. So it was him and all of his, and three of his friends. In the back seat. Oh, so it was all guys. Yes. You. It was all guys and me. And you know what? I don't know if I've told you this, but the whole reason I was messing with the radio, I was trying to find the good station to impress my boyfriend or whatever. And I was looking down at the radio and I look up and all of a sudden there's a car right in front of me. And I'm like, ah, slam on the brakes. Slam on the brakes. And then, so, then the next thing I knew, I get a phone call. Yeah. Mom. (laughs) Was it you that called me or did Hayes call me? I don't know. I don't know. I I don't remember because we didn't have cell phones back then. I mean, please. Right. Right. So I don't even know where you stopped. You're right. I have no idea. Maybe we had his mom come and get us or something. I think that's what it was now that you say that. Yeah, maybe. I I think. And it was uh, the Celica had bumpers that gave. Right. That pushed back. And 
So that was really the only damage was right, this with bumper, a bumper had been pushed back. Right. And you left it there forever until forever. you until you got rid of the car. And I, ca- I know I, I remember asking you, mom, why don't you get that fixed or whatever? And you probably, I bet that you wanted to keep it there just to remind me. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, it was because I thought she's going to do it again. Right. Sometime. Totally. So why fix it now? <laughs> And actually, oh, no. I when I traded my i i didn't never fixed it when I traded the car in in 1999. Yep. So how many years? Well, well, I was 16, so that was 80, 88. So 11 so years. For 11 years. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. That's really crazy. Okay, so another instance where you would sell me to the highest bidder? Yes. Or maybe a low one. All right. <laughs> to whoever wanted me. <laughs> but was the day we I took you down to IU for to move into your very first room. Okay, I know at nothing. The residence hall. I don't remember this at all. Oh, okay. So I we packed the car to the gills. Yeah. And I I drove you. Your dad couldn't go. Okay. Or maybe we were already divorced. We, you were. Anyway. I was in fifth grade when you were divorced. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Okay. So I take you in and we find your room and I'm lugging all your stuff and you're just chatting with everybody in the <laughs> hall. And so then oh, no. um, you and a group of kids say oh we're gonna go somewhere oh okay as I'm still moving you in and um your your roommate had a broken leg or something she did oh I don't remember see I don't remember any of this anyway so um you guys leave and then I go out to the car to get more stuff I get locked out of the residence hall oh no and you I don't know because no cell phones, right. whatever. And I slept in the car. You did. I didn't even come yes. back. You well, you came back, but you didn't think to see if I was okay. Oh my gosh, Trista so Sutter or Trista Wren. <laughs> so anyway, that no kidding, you would have sold me. Yeah, I would have sold was, me too. If I my child, so I would have been so pissed at me. I don't know that I would forgive my children for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to warn them if they ever do something like that to me, I will take them out of the inheritance or whatever. <laughs> Whatever's left. <laughs> yeah, oh my so gosh. Anyway. That is, I cannot believe that. Trista, oh my gosh, how rude am I? I mean, well, what, no, you were ha- you were into. I mean, this is your first day on campus. You're still. moving into campus, all because you're Miss Social Butterfly, floating around yeah, and meeting everybody. And I mean, to this yeah. day, if we go if we go somewhere and the kids are with me, I'll see someone and I'll just start chatting away, like just being social. And the kids are like, mom, can we leave? Mom, can we leave? Mom, can we leave? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I haven't changed in that. But gosh, I hope that I've changed in terms of thoughtfulness and that I actually pay attention to 
the person who's helping me and paying well, for college. So, that's one of the lessons, life lessons. True story. Allow your kids, uh, give your kids permission to be them but with the boundaries that you need to put right. in place. Well, and also communicating, you know, saying, yes. yes, of course, you can go hang out with these new people, with your new friends, but please come back at whatever time and let's check in and make sure we're on the same page, you know. And by the way, like if you're moving all of my stuff in, like I should have been helping you. Yeah. Duh. So, yeah. Oh, God, that makes me mad at myself. (laughs) (laughs) Is there anything that you would change about how you were a mother or how you were a daughter? I think I would have been less strict. I think I was pretty strict, but it's like giving you not even giving you permission, but allowing you to be the person that you already were Mm. instead of me trying to make you fit into the person I was hoping you would. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of um, wisdom in that, you know, have hopes and dreams for your child or for your children, but don't be disappointed in if they don't fulfill those and embrace who they are and who they're capable of being because they are their own individual person. Yeah, I think what parents need to do is observe their kids and realize just what things make them happy, what things make them sad. If they observe that and then adjust their expectations based on those things that they see because a lot of times the kids don't tell you what you want right or what you want to hear or they don't know how to express it but if you observe them and see how they interact with their friends totally see how they interact with adults yeah and that's being more observant oh Um, I mean it's the same with Max like he is he's not very affectionate And would I love for him to give me more hugs? And I know hugs are your favorite thing. Would I love that? And when we have him, like, if you're in town and I'm like, okay, give Grandma Zana a hug, you know, he'll do the side hug thing. That's him. You know, he's just not comfortable with that kind of physical touch yet or maybe ever. And that's okay. You know, he's still a great kid and we're proud of him. But you're right. We have to allow them to be who they are. Yes. And I think you were who you were the day you were born. And I think every kid is. Yeah. There are certain things about you that just are part of who you've always been. Being social, being, yeah, feisty, you know, uh, you like to talk to people. You like to get ideas. You like to initiate things. You love having bunches of friends. I mean, you were always the one who who would make sure there were people gathering together, a certain group. Of kids. Oh, we need to get together. And you'd organize it all. Yeah. So, yeah. We're going to take a quick break so I can tell you all about our incredible sponsors. What did you think I'd do when I grew up? Well, 
because I know you loved kids. You always did. Yes. And um, because even the kids across the street that we used to call your nisters and your nothers. Yep. Because you they were neighbor, you, neighbor sisters neighbor and neighbor brothers. And yep. Neighbor, and noms. And mm-hmm. you were always playing with Craig across the street. So I always knew that kids were part of. Yeah. Because he was younger than you me. Were. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He was the young one in the group. Yeah. So I love babies. That's true. Uh, that and uh, I, I figured you'd be do something. The the pediatric physical therapy I thought was a perfect fit yeah. for you because it was kind of body maybe dancing more because you were red stepper you were palm yeah uh, palm squad that it always been about dance somewhere somewhere although yeah, I've been somewhere. thinking about it lately because Blakesley's really getting up into ballet and on point shoes and I never got that far like I think I quit ballet to do like karate or something. I don't know if you remember that, but I know I obviously I played soccer and then softball and yeah, you were more into sports. Yeah, I was more not, of a tomboy. Not that, yeah, yeah, yeah. What would you tell the Roseanne who was my mom when I was a teenager? Now, knowing what you know, now, you know, if you could, if you could go back while she was still struggling as a working single mom and if you could go back and tell her one thing what would you tell her I'd say be on time (laughs) really (laughs) you had a problem with being on time with you yes oh I see getting Uh, me to be on time (laughs) (laughs) that's one of my big Things that just drove me nuts oh, about yeah, you. your pet peeves. Yes, you just drove me nuts with that. So it drives me nuts with the kids. It d- drives me crazy. It's the one. It's the probably the biggest stressor to me when we're getting ready for school, especially, and the kids are like, "I can't get them out of bed," and I think about you all the time. I'm like, "Ugh, what my mom went through." Because I love sleeping, still do to this day. I slept in until like nine thirty, loved it every minute. Thank you for Ryan for watching the kids and the dogs. But I think about you all the time because I'm I'm, I'm like I know it's just going to get worse where they're going to be in high school and they're going to be like, oh, I don't want to go to school. Well, they get up, but it's like five, 10 different nudges and me saying, come on, come on, come on, let's get up. They're not the kids that set their alarm and get up when they're alarmed. I remember being in our house on Canyon View Court and snooze, snooze. I would hit the snooze button constantly. (laughs) Snooze, snooze, snooze. And I'd scream up the steps. I know, I know. That is something I hate. I hate now. Like I've I've gotten so much better in that, in, including cleaning up. Like I I would say I'm pretty tidy now. And oh yeah, that was I was a mess back then. <laughs> I was so messy because I kind of had the whole upstairs of our house, and I just whatever. I didn't care. And then being late. Well, when I was a Miami Heat dancer, there was a girl who was always late. I will not name names because people will know who she is, but she was 
always late. And it drove me so crazy because I'm like, I felt the disrespect. Like she was disrespecting me and all the other girls who were waiting for her to get started so that we could get on with our night because we had to get certain things done at rehearsal. And so when she was late, I just took it really personally. And that's what kind of changed things for me. It changed my perspective, feeling what I felt when people were late and I was involved, you know? Yes, that's why it seems so weird to me that you even worry about that. Because back in the day, being your mom back then, your real mom, it was like you you got booted off being captain of the Palm Squad. I know I did. Because you had been late three days in a row. Too many times. I know. Too many times. So, and I thought that would have changed you, but that didn't. No, it didn't change until. It's something you have to grow out of. Yeah. Or realize that it's not just you anymore. Yeah. That you're affecting other people's lives. Yeah. And I just didn't get that when I was like, it was all about me when I was younger. And I was an only child at the time, you know, I, it was kind of all about me for a lot well, of it. That, yeah, that's interesting because I never thought about that because if there had, you might have been competing. Right. Like we, the four girls that Carol used to get up first so she could get out of the house before anything started happening. <laughs> so so each of us had our own, I was the sleeper in her, yeah. which is just like what you are. Yeah. Blakesley too. But no, I mean, it's really interesting. The only child thing. And, but I've always said this, I don't feel like I was spoiled as an only child. Like I just felt like because I was the only child, I was at home by myself. And so naturally it was me and you for the most part, um, after dad moved out, you know, when I was in sixth grade or fifth grade. So it was just us. And so I wasn't necessarily, I don't feel like I was spoiled. I just feel like, you know, I got, I don't, I never felt you were spoiled, but like the thing that always concerned me was like when we would have Christmas and it was just you and I. Yeah. And it's like, okay, now what do we do? (laughs) Your turn. Your turn. (laughs) Yay, Ra. Okay, what next? Yeah. Well, I mean, luckily we had, you know, the sewings who were across the street and, and they were our neighbor family and we spent a lot of holidays with them and their family, their extended family. And then we would go back to Lafayette and, and have them come to St. Louis. I know that one Christmas that we had everybody come to St. Louis and yeah. Well, and that's another lesson, a life lesson is it does take a village Mm. to raise kids. Yeah. Um, and the, the sewings were our village. Oh, they were the godsend. I, I think that another to tag on to that life lesson is you have to ask for help when you need it. Yes. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Asking right. for help is not a bad thing. And you needed help. You know, I was still in school. You didn't get off work until, I don't know, five or six. And so I was home by myself or I would have been, if not for the sewings. And, you know, she was, I would say she was more strict than you. She was, she is like my second mom and she was more strict than you. I remember one time 
she, I don't know what happened. We did something, me and the the three siblings, we did something and we had to take toothbrushes. <laughs> and do you remember this? And no. we had, it was one of the floors, like the grout. We had to clean the grout in between the tiles. Yay, Julie. I mean, Yay, Julie. She, and I remember, I'll, I, I tell my kids this. So when you're at the table, she taught me so much about table manners because with you and I, you're not a chef. You've always admitted you weren't born with the cooking gene, just like me. And so we'd have a lot of microwave meals. Well, at Julie's house, it was not like that at the someone's right. house. She well, cooked a homemade restaurant. Exa- well, that too. But she cooked a homemade meal every night. And we would sit at the table. And I remember her taking her fork and she would fork you on the elbows if you had your elbows on the table. I'll never forget it. She taught me a lot. And I, I appreciate those, you know, those rules, those boundaries. I, there's something to be said for, for being strict. I mean, all three of her kids idolize her. They love her to death. And because she, that's who she was. She taught them. She instilled in them so many values and, and successes in life, you know, how they could have a successful life. So yeah, I, I think there's a lot of learning lessons, but the asking for help, it's not it's not a bad thing yes. to ask for help. I ask for help right. from my friends all the time if I need it. Yep. So I, I think that's that's a great life lesson. You're well, welcome. Honey. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I am not taking credit because that obviously I drove you nuts. <laughs> yes. Is there anything else you want to say before I ask you the last question? uncomfortable conversations this i mean this is part of what we hear a lot nowadays yeah right uncomfortable conversations and i wish i had had some uncomfortable conversations with you mm. about the divorce mm. about when i was really struggling with my mental health yeah because I don't think that I know what you were going through mm. when I was going through with those. Because I don't think we talked a lot about We those. didn't. And all I knew was that you were in the hospital. I remember, so obviously no one, you know, people listening don't know the full story, but you were hospitalized for your mental health. And I don't, to this day, I don't, I don't necessarily know why. Well, I feel like it was depression. Yeah. I don't know how young I was, but I do remember, I feel like I remember walking into the hospital. I remember the the doors of the hospital, but I don't remember anything other than that. And all I knew was you, you weren't feeling well, you were in the hospital. But I I remember, I knew that you had dealt with mental health issues. And we have had conversations more about the treatment that you received and and the effects that, you know, you you still deal with, like your memory. But that's really all I knew. And, And, you know, I think giving you some grace as a mom and going through that, there's certain things that you tell your kids and certain things you don't you know, and you want to shield them. You want to protect them. You, you, and sometimes it's just not an appropriate conversation to have at that time. 
you know, and I feel like we talked about it later in life. Um, because I think you must have been nine or 10 because it was before I got divorced. Yeah. So I, I must've been in third or fourth grade, something yeah. like that. And that's and pretty I remember young. I, I missed Abby, our black lab had puppies. Oh my gosh. And I remember I was there by myself. Now that makes yes. sense why I was there by myself because dad yeah. was at work. And I remember calling dad and being like, dad, what do I do? Abby's having her puppies. And he's like, don't worry, just get a thing of hot water or warm water and just make sure that all of them come out and she's not in pain. And I'm like, oh my gosh, okay. <laughs> I mean, it was pretty magical, but it was also pretty scary because I was by myself. Yeah. 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 You know what? I never knew you were alone. Oh. I never knew you were there by yourself. I think he came at some point, but to right. get oh, her I'm started, sure you know, but I'm pretty sure I was, I think he was at work. I because think there was... was one puppy that didn't make it. Oh, really? I don't yeah. remember that part. He, he had a gland issue. Oh, okay. And, so and it, was it wasn't. Was the biggest one of the. Good. Then group. it didn't have to do with the birth. It was just, no, he had a defect no. or something. Oh, yeah. got it. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I actually remember that being a pretty magical time. I was like, this is pretty cool. I'm getting to see her. That's her. interesting because do you remember the 25 questions page that The Bachelor sent you and at, you had to fill out before they were they were interviewing yeah. you? And one of the questions was, what was one of your favorite childhood memories? And you called me to ask me that. I did? <laughs> Yes, you called me and asked me that. And I said to you, I'm not quite sure. I said, but the only thing I could think of was the baby, the puppies being born. That's so funny. Aw. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember it. I remember it being pretty magical. But yeah, that's interesting that I called you. And I'm like, what? Tell me something from my childhood because I don't remember anything. And it wasn't, well, it's like nothing happened. I didn't have any traumatic incident that happened to me, or I wasn't, you know, physically ill, taking some kind of medic medication. I just have a bad memory. I just, I feel like I was just born with a bad memory. Mm -hmm. Well, you have too much going on. That's well, part of I what also I have that. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have enough bites left. Oh uh, yeah. There, you know, I say that my, well, gigabytes. now I, now I say my children sucked, sucked all of my brain cells out of me. Literally. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So do you kind of wish, yes. wish that you had gone there that had yeah, well, those conversations? I've always wondered if I should have gone more there. Got it. Got it. That, that I wasn't, because I was raised where you don't talk we about did anything. not talk about hardly anything. Right. Right. I remember. No sex, no anything. No, nothing. No. 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 So, so thinking that I should have that should have been part of the version of me that I would have wanted to be. Okay. So I'm going to tell you this, that I don't think it affected anything. Cause I have had, I ha I'm pretty open with the kids. I've, I was the one who had the sex talk with both of them. And Blakesley and I, as we talked about in the podcast that I did with her, we have a pretty open line of communication and I don't think it negatively affected me. So I think that you can just throw that one in the trash can that. Okay. Yeah. I'll throw it away. Throw it away and don't worry about <laughs> it anymore. <laughs> I think.
think I turned out pretty great, you know. I think you did too. Well, as well, I'll say, of I, all I, the things that you've accomplished, uh, I'm very proud of. Thanks, you. and I, I'll say, I think I turned out pretty good. Maybe not great, but you know, I have my days, I have my moments. But oh, yes, you do. <laughs> okay, I have. Yes, I do. I want to quickly ask you this last question that you'll, you know it because I ask it of everybody who comes on the podcast and since you listen to everything. Okay, mom, how do you plan on being better tomorrow? I'm going to be better tomorrow by doing the project that you just gave me. (laughs) Which is what? (laughs) No, I'm not telling. Oh, oh, okay. I'm going to do better because I'm going to focus tomorrow on one project. Okay. Oh. Our invention. Oh, (laughs) yes, people, we're inventing something. And I swear to you, all the ladies, at least the moms out there who have tweens like me and teenagers, you're going to want it. Promise. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, I know I scared you a little bit with my enthusiasm, but um, but yeah, I think it's fun. I mean, to have a little project for the two of us, I think it's fun and who knows where it'll go. Who knows if it'll be anything and if anyone will want it. That's the pressure. I know. Okay. I don't want to. I'm retired. I'm an old lady. (laughs) I don't need any. You are not an old lady. I'm 75. I know. So, so I don't need any pressure to um, meet a timeline. Got it. No pressure. No pressure. No pressure. No pressure. I think we just, we just do it. I'm really excited about this next sample i'm okay good tomorrow good yay no yeah don't be don't be scared and and also the line of communication have the uncomfortable conversation with me and say trista i gotta take a back seat i'm gonna focus on just chilling out today and tomorrow maybe i'll revisit it but if there's ever a moment where you feel like it's too much then just tell me and it's fine you know okay well, what's what's really nice about it is product development was one of the things that I used to do really well at. Uh-huh. And so I haven't had a project. So my sister Sue told me, she said, you now have something that's making your eyes shine brighter. Oh, I love that. Like, yeah. So. Oh, yay. So we'll see. We'll see. See, I've that's got- that's actually what I thought. Like, I didn't want it to be a stressful thing. I called you because you're usually the first person I call, but, um, I called you because first of all, you know how to sew and second, the product development stuff. And I was like, I have a feeling that she'll be able to help with this or might want to do it because you're retired and maybe you want a project other than, you know, doing your pottery or paintings or whatever. So great conversation. Thank you, honey. Thank you. I love you. Love you too. And I'm so appreciative for you sharing your life lessons with me and my listeners. So happy Mother's Day, Mommy. I love you. Happy Mother's Day to you. Thanks so much for joining us, everybody. I hope you feel a little better after having listened. Please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe anywhere you listen to your podcasts. If you're enjoying our show, please send it to a friend and put a little better into their lives. Also, if you would like to find me, you can go to Instagram at Trista Sutter or Facebook at Trista Sutter fan page. Thanks, everybody, and have a great day.